Hello and welcome to the CMG podcast, bringing you some interesting conversations on business, life and career. I'm Tony Cantwell, and in each episode, I'll be speaking to a special guest to invite them to share their knowledge and expertise. Make sure to check out our links for upcoming CPD training and conferences in the descriptions below. This week, it's all about sales. Have we lost the art of sales? Why do people fear sales and selling? Has online communication such as emails and social media had an impact on face-to-face sales? Do we need to sell anymore? Can't we just hope orders come in after we post something on social media? These questions and a lot more are up for discussion in this episode and to help us better understand the need for sales, the benefits and pitfalls of sales, I'm delighted to be joined today by Stephen Murta, or as he's perhaps better known, the Exhibition Guy. Before we get started, let me fill you in on Stephen's background. Stephen has more than 25 years experience in the exhibition and digital media sectors. Anyone who follows him on social media can see he has an incredible passion to see salespeople succeed. Having personally sold on over 200 exhibitions for both trade and consumer sectors, he has worked with many of the largest expo organizers in Europe, and he has helped drive significant sales during that time. Understandably, he set up a brand built around himself and his skills. And as I said earlier, you will know him as the exhibition guy. And in that role, he trains and coaches people in how to maximize the return on investment in exhibitions. Stephen also acts as a mentor to startups, provides sales coaching and consultancy. And his aim is simply to help people sell better by using and developing excellent sales skills. Oh, he is also a qualified FETAC trainer. Stephen, you're very welcome to the show. Great, Tony. It's, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. We've known each other for a long time. We, had, we do, it's, actually. It's great to do fun things like this. I really enjoy yeah. these kind of sessions, actually. Actually, how long do we uh, know each other? Well, let me think back. I started in exhibitions in 1994, actually. Oh, God. Um, and I think my first Plan Expo, which is probably where we met, actually, yes. would have been in 19, either 93 or 94, I can't remember. So it's there, thereabouts. Uh, so it's, if God, I tell the math 25 back, years, is that 25 more? No, it's, it's 25 years. 25 years ago. Oh my God. I do feel old. I feel these glasses are appropriate now. <laughs> you see, we came from quite a similar background because I yes. mean, you were, were the Tarot yeah. days and I was the Yellow Pages days and, and we, we were all knocking around. From the, going back to our day, and we did yeah. a lot of um, very hard kind of sell in the sense that it was, it was on the basis of... Um, Tele sales a lot of the time. Mm. There was the on the road sales yeah, yeah. and that, um, and we tried to do it in terms of uh, kind of volume. Um, is it significantly different now? The whole pro- the mental process for that because there seemed to be a huge amount of people in sales mm. going back years ago. Oh, yeah. I, I I don't. It's I'm not saying it's a it's a it's kind of a, a dirty word or anything, but there's a kind of a huge reluctance for people to say, oh, I'm in sales, I think by a, by a lot of younger people even now. Is that is that a reasonable? It, it's an absolutely reasonable. I mean, people still see, it's, it is better than it was, but people still see sales as a dirty word. Right. And as I say to people, it's like, no matter if you're what they call a salesperson within an organization, it doesn't matter who you are, everybody's in sales. Yes. I mean, if you're internally in production in your company and you have to sell ideas to your team or to your management or to people who work for you, you have to sell an idea. But in face-to-face sales, mm. compared to where we were, ha- yeah. has that process changed 
in say the last five years when you bring in social media now? I think it has. I mean, I use LinkedIn as a very good example. I mean, I, people say to me, often say to me, oh, you must be really good at social media. I'm actually not really good at social media. I'm very, very good at LinkedIn. I'm not good at all the other channels, and I don't tend to use the other channels. I do a little bit of Twitter and a little bit of Instagram. I don't do Facebook or anything like that. But I suppose the reason I, I mention that is to, to answer your question, social media is brilliant, but it's brilliant to start that relationship. Yes. What I personally do every month, I think I said this the last time we met for coffee, was... I try and go to, I'm sorry, to rewind slightly, the bulk of the exhibition business that I'm involved in would be in the UK and further afield because that's a bigger market. There's five we're in them. India recently. Yeah, I was in India recently yeah. as well. But but like I, I look at it and say there's 10 exhibition organisers in Ireland or whatever the amount there is, and there's 500 in the UK. So obviously the UK is a big market. But the reason I mention that is I have 15,000 connections on LinkedIn and I work bloody hard to get to 15,000. Yeah. I did 1,500 this time last year and I have 15,000 now. It's not about the numbers, but what it is about is reach for me. But why? I, what I do is I try and meet five of those clients from LinkedIn in the exhibition world every month in London. So I, I set it two days or a day or two days. And I'll go to London and say, I'm going to meet four people, six people, whatever it is, face to face. That has yielded me personally the best response. But you instigate that. I do. And, and to come back to kind of your question... I instigate it, but it initiated or it started yes. via LinkedIn, which is what I call social media for me. So LinkedIn and social media was brilliant as a starting point, but that's all it was. It was a starting point. You have to take it to the next level. Yeah. For me, face-to-face -face is the only way. I got a flight to the UK. It cost me 50 quid or whatever, and I'll meet, or the whole weekend, whole two days, it cost me 200 quid, say, but I will meet five people face-to-face. -face. Every time I go to London or have done that in the last, four or five months I picked up at least one bit of business yes so every month I try and do that it doesn't have to be London necessarily I go further afield but but the premise is that you meet people face to face but it came from social media so social media will open the door for you it's the instigator and it's the instigator yeah, and then, but then you see there's an argument that somebody said to me a while back that they would wonder about the future of sales because you can literally post your content and people will respond now I don't really buy that. Do you? No, I don't. I think. I think. I think. Again, I can. I can. I have to keep going on about LinkedIn, but it's just a good example. Is it, it's well, that's the one that works for yeah, you. Yeah, it's the one that works for me. Yeah. I mean, I got ninety five percent of my business from LinkedIn, but but it's it's about consistency. It's about consistency of content, definitely. But if you're sitting there waiting for the phone to ring, you may be waiting. You need to be getting into conversations, be it live, face to face, or at least engagement conversations on LinkedIn. Just putting product, uh, content out there and hoping people will ring you won't work. No. So what I tend to do, for example, is I will I will put some content out there. I'll look at the amount of people who've liked it, who've viewed it, who've shared it, whatever. And I'll, I'll try and engage in a conversation with those people who are specifically interested, who I'm interested, interested in doing business with and vice versa. So I will normally get about five, 6,000 views on my posts, which would be fairly high. But I'll also get 20, 30 likes minimum. And of that... There'll be two or three people who I'd go, I'd love to have a conversation with them. So I'll, write, I'll reply to them. I'll say, listen, thanks very much for liking my post. Um, really appreciate you taking the time and try and engage in a conversation and yeah. see how we can help each other. Yeah, and then roll it from there. Yeah. And then when you then, when you actually maybe set up the opportunity mm. and you go there, do you do a whole pile of preparation then in terms of you're, you've now got this chance to be in front of this person who may 
deliver business or you can deliver yeah, business for absolutely. them. It's a two-way street. Yeah, of course it is. What steps do you take then to prepare for that? Yeah, I, it's a funny one because I used to I used to go to the meetings and I used to be really, really, really well prepared and I'd have all the things I want to say. I, I've kind of moved back from that a little bit because at the exhibition guy, we do a lot of things and I can fire them all out to somebody and but some of them won't be relevant. So I try and pick... If I'm meeting an exhibition organiser, I'm trying to focus on his sales team and his, his exhibitors. I'm not necessarily focusing on the blogging I do for exhibition contractors because that's not relevant to him. Yeah, You need to determine what's relevant to them. You or at least to have some idea. Finding. But yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's got to be a two-way street. So I've got to yeah. find out more about him. I will research if they're doing a particular exhibition um, and I will know a little bit about that and say, so well, I see you've got 300 exhibitors or I see the show has developed this way. I will know a little bit about them because I think that's important because it's interest. It's asking questions. But really for me, it's sitting down hobnobbing with someone. Yeah. That's what I'm good at. And that's my, what I well, my experience of dealing with particularly the UK, they're terribly black and white. Mm -hmm. um, and you will often get a question, okay, what do you bring to the table? Full stop. Yeah. And that can kind of rattle people a little bit because... I love that, Tony. Yes. So I love that approach because this kind of, oh, ring me next week, but I'm not really interested, but ring me next week anyway. Just oh, I don't drag want to say on no. and on. Yeah, this kind of stuff. Yeah. If somebody doesn't want it and goes, not interested, okay, well, you found out the reason they're not interested, you move on. Yeah. I mean, I used to have a salesperson work for me and she would come in with a prospect list and there'd be 500 companies on it. I go, this isn't a prospect this is a phone book. Yes. You know, there's no point in having loads of people on this wonderful looking prospect list if they're not real prospects. So I prefer the English way where they, or in the UK, where they'll say, not interested, or tell me what you bring to the table. And they go, I bring one, two, three, four, five to the table. Bang. Yeah. Much easier. I remember back in the day when I was sales manager of a publishing company and um, a guy came to me and he said, I've no leads. And I, I literally plonked on the golden pages. And I said, pick a sector and take it from there. Because I'd yeah. given this guy like so many different yeah, features yeah. with the Absolutely. leads that come with yeah, it. Big time. So two days later, he came back and he said, no, it's not working for me. And I said, what are you working on? And he went, abattoirs. Now, because it was A or yeah, AB yeah, yeah, yeah. in the phone book, and he never went beyond. And so there was a laziness yeah. attached that sometimes people look and say, it's not me. It's the product. It's the company. Um, you know. Do you, get, do you see that? I do, and it's it's funny. I posted something on LinkedIn this morning about I think I, about this quote that my daughter. Said I love it. Right. I have it here somewhere. And it was it was, it, it was quite relevant because, uh, and I have it um, here actually. But it was quite relevant because it kind of really resonated with me last night. Actually, thinking about different things I'm trying to do to develop business, and the quote was, um, "You can't change the beginning, but you can start." Sorry, let me get there. Correct. Correct. You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. So Lovely. I think the relevance of that is that we all do things that are not going to work out. And, yeah. and, and you kind of go, oh, it didn't work out. Now, you, there's two options here. You can go, you can wallow in self-pity and go, it didn't work. Or you can get up off your arse and actually try and change to do something yes. else. So for me, what I'm doing currently is I have about six or seven different ways I'm looking to try and develop business for the exhibition guy. Um, I started about a week ago. Um, I haven't had a lot of success yet, but it's it's in the post as far as I'm concerned. But some of them didn't work, and I know that. Yeah. But I'm actually six months ago or a year ago, I would have beaten myself up about that. Now I'm going. You know what? Didn't work. We move on to the next one. Yes. And that's the thing is, if it's not working, you change it. Yeah. You don't blame everyone else and, and come up with excuses. I mean, if I don't make money in the exhibition guide, that's down to me. 
as hard as that's going to be that is, will be down to me but at the end of the day I've got to say okay that didn't work try something else the thing about it I was looking at uh, Andy and I tend to share this thing about Gary V oh yeah Gary, no, Gary. Gary Vaynerchuk yeah, yeah. or whatever and his thing is you're the boss if it's a tremendous success well done and if it's if it's a bummer if it fell in the toilet it's your fault yeah. and that's just the way it works and I think sales to a large degree is is it's all built it's so interconnected with that I mean I built a business just based on sales techniques and you've done it now and you've and I really I have to say in fairness with the exhibition guy I mean you've taken that from your skills put it into a brand got it out there to the community and you're getting people from India and (laughs) Europe the UK coming to you now and saying and I love the idea. You went. You, you kind of went all out. And went. Let's just go with the exhibition guy, because that's who yeah, is this guy? Well, he's the exhibition guy. I'm not going to pretend it's easy because it's bloody not. I mean, at the moment, I mean, I'm, I'm in business about a year, year and a half, and it's 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 been an absolute slog and it continues to be a slog. But what it is doing is the first six months, I said to myself, I'm going to focus on marketing and probably stupidly, I'm not well, not stupidly so much, but I'm not going to focus so much on the sales because I'm going to focus really on marketing myself and be creating this brand around myself and. Not some glorified brand, but I have created something. You have, and I'm starting to get more recognition. I got a shortlist for the Exhibition News Awards in the UK, which was great. Yeah, well done on uh, that. Yeah, Congratulations! No, it, was it was fantastic. Congratulations! Price. Yeah, it was, and I was up against some huge companies. But I was with 1,100 people in my industry in Battersea Evolution a couple of weeks ago. Brilliant night, absolutely fantastic black tie event. Had a great bit of crack, yeah. and I know. I was outside the smoking area, I don't smoke anymore, but I was outside the smoking area talking to one of the biggest exhibition organizers in the world who has never replied to any of my emails. And he said, we might, and he, I use the word might, we might talk. So, you know, those kind of things. It's not a no. No, it's not exactly, but it was a no. It's like I always say to, say to salespeople, the answer, if you don't ask questions, the answer is always no. Funny, when you talk about like six months ago, the mm-hmm. phone didn't ring, now it is ringing, and you're plugging away and you're producing mm-hmm. this brand. And I go back to this guy, Gary V or whatever, yeah, I was listening to it this morning in the car, and he was at a conference in Toronto, mm. and he was in front of, I don't know, 20,000 people or something. Yeah. But he said, the thing that strikes him as the worrying aspect is that young people, he said he'd have a 27 or 28 year old person sit in front of him mm. with an idea, and he doesn't grant this to too yeah. many people, but he said he grants this to a few people. and he one in a hundred ideas he says this is going to work and he said when I say to them now this could take six or seven years to turn into a really phenomenal product he says he can see the disappointment in their faces because it's six or seven years it's not immediate I I need this next week or I want this to be successful next month and his key with this is patience build it Build it, build it, and then eventually, you, you often wonder, how did I get here? But it's all of that hard work and effort, and as you're saying there now, six months ago, the phone didn't yeah, ring. It, it's funny, because I use this example of, of UBM. UBM are one of the biggest exhibition orders in the world, actually. And um, invited, and although I've been in the industry for a long time, and, and I'd have a certain amount of kudos, uh, they wouldn't have touched me with the barge pole six months ago. They wouldn't, you know, it was, or a year ago, whatever. And then they start, they rang me, and I was yeah. like, winner this is the result this is great but also I'm working with the likes of Haymarket in the UK which would be a very big company yeah. um, GovNet another big company in the UK and again none of them would have touched me but because I just consistently put out content on social media and try to engage with people 
they start waking up and going well this guy obviously has something yes some people don't like my stuff to be honest Tony at this stage in my life 50 years of age I actually don't care yeah. that some people don't in fact it's kind of complimentary in some ways because at least I'm making a mark because if you're worried about what everyone else thinks you're not going to have time to do what you should be doing no. which is, no. so from my point of view coming back to the UBM example that's where I'm trying to get to and I am getting there and yes of course it is slowly I'm very impatient anyway, as, you, as you know <laughs> but I, I see the progression day yes. by day week yeah. by week and, and, I, and I believe in it more and more every day and every week. So that in itself. Well, you see, this strikes me now, obviously mm -hmm. because the topic today is sales. Yeah. And But it strikes me that what your experiences have been are hand in hand with what you would see as, say, a typical sales process in a, in a less yeah, kind yeah. of spectacular fashion. So, for instance, you look at it and you say, you talk to a client, the client says no. You don't walk away, close the door, and never to be seen yeah, again. Yeah. You stay in contact. If things change, you know where I am. I'll call you every once in a while. We'll stay in touch. Because of your consistency, mm -hmm. say in a sales role, yeah, yeah. the client you, you become a little bit to the fore of the client's attention. And then somewhere along the line, the client goes, you know what, if this guy is his business is the way he is as consistent mm -hmm. as he is with me, and I've bought nothing from him, let's talk to him. Or let's do, you know, and I'm not saying this is yeah. necessarily your business. I'm saying no, just you this. hit a really good example, actually, of, of something. I, a year ago, I got approached by a company called Quadrant Design in the UK. They're a very big exhibition contract with an amazing product. And they said, will you come over and see us in, in Poole in Dorset? So uh, we said, we'll pay 50% of the cost. And, that, and I, that was fine. So I went over and they said, love what you do. We want to sell, we want to do an exhibition training course with every um, stand we sell, with every custom built stand. Now, uh, I was madly excited this was a huge opportunity it was a game changer for me now as it turned out it didn't happen and I was a bit disappointed maybe I'd under uh, I kind of just assumed it was all going to happen it didn't happen anyway and then as time went by the last six months heard nothing from them. about a month ago they approached me and said listen will you write some articles for us and I said I will but I, I need to do uh, a consistent I don't want one article I want, I want to do a, a series of articles for you and they said yes yeah. so we've now ended up doing a little bit of business and I hope that's working out for them. We keep saying it's working out. But my point is, I went to the meeting, didn't close that door. Yeah. Disappointed that the door wasn't, I didn't walk through the door, if you want to call it that. But they came back to me. And I think in sales, we all need to do that. We all need to focus on a no is maybe a no, or it's maybe a no for now, or it's a no, a yes in three weeks time. It's it's. You have to keep those doors open. Absolutely. Yeah. I used to say to my sales team years ago, um, hopefully it's still continuing, but um, <laughs> when they say no but fourth or fifth time, then we'll maybe start believing. But that's not, you know that doesn't work in today's world as such. But there is an element where people, I think, at least respect that, you know what, right now we're not doing business, but you... I'll stay in contact. Yeah, yeah. I'm not looking for anything, but if I can help in any way, Absolutely. or if my product or service can help your business in any way, we'll stay in contact that yeah, way. Don't and no one's going to turn that. No, no, they don't. I mean, I think I think if you're a professional and you don't be harassing people every five minutes. Exactly. It's funny because when you mentioned India, it's an interesting example. Um, during the presentation in India or the training course in India, the, the guys asked me because of LinkedIn and said, will you do a LinkedIn training course or a LinkedIn kind of session? So there was about 50 guys. Well, literally I was standing in the middle and there was 50 guys in a massive big office. And they said, well, what's the best way to approach LinkedIn? And I was telling them how to, I work LinkedIn. And I said, how do you guys work LinkedIn? And they said, we send a message to somebody on LinkedIn. And if they haven't replied in an hour, we send them another message. Oh. 
I said, okay. Um, and I said, what do you do after that? Well, then we would email them the next day. I said, so you're consistently harassing people then, as far as I'm concerned. That just doesn't work. No. But the mindset over there maybe is different. And I had no disrespect, and every, every culture is different. But that doesn't work no. in where I'm from and where no. I was brought up. And I don't think it works globally. I don't think it works in any environment. But that was the way they thought of it. That's a kind of a hard sell. That's what we used to call a hard sell. It is a hard sell, sell but it? it's also, I it's, mean, it's, and it's very short term. term. It's completely short term. It's, it's yeah. you know, if somebody doesn't want your product you, at the time, you walk away and look at the options. Doesn't want my product or doesn't want my product today. And, and you need, like for me, it's like a prospect list. I would say you have an A prospect list, a B prospect list, and another prospect list, which is which is future business. Because every month, like you know and I know, you start at zero, yeah. and you've got to go up. Yeah. So you need prospects in three months' time, not just today. So The thing is that strikes me with sales or business or probably life in general yeah. is that make a decision that this is what you're doing and then do it well. Yeah. So when it comes to sales, don't be in sales if you don't want to be in sales, because I can tell you now it's just not going to work. It's a tough bloody ride. It's, 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 it's hard. It's not yeah. for everyone. Now, and I, I looked at something on LinkedIn, funny enough, mm. during the week, and there was a skit by some lady about salespeople, mm. and she was there with, guys, look at my Porsche. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm go- hey, I'm going to hit the phones, people, yeah, yeah. and all this. And it was such a cliche. Because yeah. I have to say, 35 years in sales in one form yeah. or another, I've never met anyone like that. You know, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's just a mythical creature who's the, the flash gate in the Armani suit and has all the lines. Yeah. and it's that's that might be snake oil. Snake oil. I mean, I've never come across it. In fact, to be honest, the most successful people I've met in sales have always been decent. They've always been um, financially stable. They kind of know where they're going. Yeah. But they've made that decision. This is the business I'm in. And they become good at it. They do it well. Yeah. And they learn the business. Yeah, that's Because there is there is a learning process. A lot of people think, what's what's involved? There's a lot involved, isn't there? There is a lot involved. I mean, it's, it's also just... I mean, I say to people, like... The entrepreneurs, got, uh, when I was doing the training course a couple of days ago, there was 50 entrepreneurs, almost 50 entrepreneurs. They're all brilliant creatives. They're all fantastic at all these things. But sales isn't their bag. And that's fine. We all, we all have a bag as such. Yeah. But I said to them, they said, what's the essence of sales? I said, well, the essence of sales to me is being real and being honest, just being a straight up person. You're going in to have a conversation with somebody and you're essentially trying to solve the problem that they have. And by doing that, they'll solve your problem by hitting your target. So it's just about being normal. Like, if you don't know the answer to something, I always say to people, if you don't know, don't pretend you know the answer. Go, listen, I don't know the answer, but I know somebody who does. Well, the funny thing is that, uh, again, Mark Cuban, I think, uh, oh, yeah. in the States, oh, yeah. and he had a little, just these little shorts uh, videos, and uh, he said one for entrepreneurs. Mm. And he said that um, when people tell you, look, let's don't worry about sales. Let's just get the numbers, sales will follow. And he said, rubbish absolute rubbish he said if you don't take care of sales you've got no business no that's it you can yeah. dress it up any way you want but if it's not yeah, selling it's not, it's it's not, not going to work yeah, yeah. but uh, but coming on to this and moving slightly into mainstream from mm. your point because you're the exhibition guy mm. so you're obviously teaching and mentoring people in terms of getting the most yeah. from the exhibition and so forth and am I right in thinking if you do it right it can be very profitable and if you do it wrong it's hugely expensive it, it is because I mean exhibitions are on a negative side exhibitions are, are 
they're very expensive if you do them wrong because mm. and it, they're very uh, public if you do them wrong. So if you, if you if you send an ad, put an ad in a magazine and it doesn't work, then it doesn't work and you can kind of hide behind it. With exhibitions, it's a little bit more difficult. But as far as the industry is growing, uh, the industry is exhibitions are the second fastest growing medium after digital now currently across the whole of the globe. Uh, it'll be the highest, biggest year on, in, on record in 2020, actually, 2019, 2020. So it's a great platform. Mm. And the reason it's a great platform is digital is wonderful. Magazines are wonderful. I'm not knocking anything. But meeting people face to face is the best way of building a relationship. Oh, yeah. You do that through exhibitions, and 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 that's the starting point. So obviously, I'm biased, but they're not growing unless they're working. Well, I I remember saying to people years ago, the bigger the internet became, the more important it was for people to network and to meet face to face. Yeah. And exhibitions and conferences, yeah. maybe even conferences. Yeah, big time. Um, it's face to face. You know, you're putting. You, it, it goes back to yeah. the old marketplace. Go back to biblical times yeah. or whatever. You're putting people trading. You know, I've got a product, and the customer or potential customers walking in. Yeah. I mean, what's not to like? No, that's exactly it, Tony. And I mean, it's it's also you know, I always say to people as well. It's it, it's about you know not knocking other forms of advertising. It's about one complements the other. I mean, magazines, conferences, exhibitions, digital print. I mean, I've sold pretty much all of them. In fact, I think about some sites, radio, advertising, the works. And it, but they all complement each other. Yeah, it's just working on what's the right platform for your business. I mean, and for me, of course, I'm biased. Exhibitions are fantastic, but I keep coming back to it. They're not growing unless they're working. I mean, that's just the harsh reality of it. Well, and yes, they are expensive if you get them wrong, but boy, are they, do they, are they so effective if you get them right. But Stephen, I think when it comes to exhibition space, now I know mm. from Ireland and possibly the U- UK is a bit more expensive, I think, than Ireland, yeah, yeah, but they have okay. a much uh, different uh, market as such. But um, it's not terribly expensive. If you have, say... 2,000, 3,000 potential clients mm. coming in the door and they are in and around your particular type Space, of yeah. business. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know, within reason, I'm not saying any price, but within reason, if it's a, if it's a, a decent kind of uh, value, I mean, you've got all these clients coming in, isn't it? It's, it's like you do, and, it, it, and, and exhibitors can get really hung up on this idea of numbers, the actual yes. physical numbers. Uh, what really, I mean, I said to somebody recently, I said, how many how many visitors uh, do you think would be reasonable? And he said, "Oh, five thousand. I said, "Okay, one day event. How many of them are you going to meet?" I said, well, "Like, what's the ideal number?" I mean, for me, the ideal number at an exhibition is one. If one person comes through the door and spends a million euro in my business, then I'm result quits in. If fifty thousand people walk in the door and grab my brochures and I never hear them again. It's a waste of time. Yeah. So I think exhibitors can get hung up a little bit on numbers, and this becomes more obvious with consumer shows where you go, there's twenty five thousand people. Now you can take something like the Ideal Homes or one of the big consumer shows, who go, oh, geez, the numbers were down. And I go, hold on, how would you, how would you know? Twenty five thousand, twenty four thousand. How can you possibly tell the numbers are down? Yeah. It's about who you're meeting, and that comes back to as an exhibitor who you're targeting. So it's very important that you target the right people before the event, and you do it in in the two to three month window before. You need to be targeting your visitors. It strikes me that when I see, for instance, like in a smaller scale with some of our ex- our uh, conferences, mm. and we'd only have a few exhibitors per yeah, conference because yeah. yeah. we don't want to overswamp. There's anywhere between two and six yeah, yeah. that maybe are involved. But you get the odd 
sponsor stroke exhibitor who would say, well, um, nobody spoke to us. And my thing is, you, you got involved with the event because that was very much your target market. Yep. Uh, they were you were beside them at the tea and coffee break, yeah, yeah. and um, did anybody go and interact with the clients, or maybe offer something, or hand out something, or whatever? and generally the ones who maybe not all of them, but maybe some of them who would maybe moan about the lack of effectiveness of it, just didn't engage. Well, I give you a very good example. I keep, I, this is one example I've used quite a few times actually. I, I sold a stand to to a very high end kitchen company in Dublin about three or four years ago at an event called House, which is coming in the RDS. Guy spent 17 grand with me on space space only stand. He spent 50 grand on the stand on the telephone. Um, beautiful stand, looked amazing and all that. And I remember walking into the event, or one of the last days, uh, it was the last day actually, and he called me over and he absolutely berated me, he said the show was rubbish and la la la, the show was crap, got no business phone, whatever. Said this during the show? Yeah, it was at, you know, to be fair, it was at the end of the, of the last day, or, or close to the end of the last day. Now I know every single other person, or vast majority in that hall, did pretty well out of it. So I said to my, I said to him like, what kind of marketing did you do beforehand? None. How many tickets did you send out? None. And then I said to him, who are these two guys working on stand with you? And he said, they're two guys from the warehouse. I said, well, they're warehouse guys. No disrespect to warehouse guys. They're not, they're, their job is not to sell high-end kitchens. Their job might be to install the high-end kitchens. So you did no marketing, you sent no tickets out, and you had the wrong people on the stand. And, and to compliment or insult that, if you want to call it that, he sat on a chair for three days and did not get up. So I said, well, that's your fault. That's not my fault. That's yeah. your fault. Yeah. Because it's your money you're spending, not my money. So, yeah. you know, and okay, I'm old enough that I can say that and get away with it. But that's the reality of it. I, if, you, if, you're, if you want to go to an exhibition and sit on a chair for three days, doing nothing, not engaging with people... Then don't expect. Does that drive you crazy? It drives me absolutely when you, mad. When you see people sitting at a stand at an exhibition and there's no effort to engage with the people passing by, or even people, I've gone to some yeah. of these exhibitions where people are on the stand yeah. and the people there manning the stand are still not getting involved or it engaging. It, it frustrates me, and, and what, frust what frustrates me from a selfish point of view is when I go back to renew that exhibitor the following year, he's going to say the show was crap. I go. Well, Whose fault is that? Yeah. Or, you know, well, arguably the show wasn't uh, bad. It was the failure to engage yeah. and protect your investment to get that return. Well, because it's a high end. It. It's yeah. a high end thing. I mean, I, I would say, I, 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 I get a laugh when I say this to people. I say to people, ditch the furniture and stand. Have no furniture. So you can't sit down. Because when you are standing, you, you force you to engage. Yeah. It's like the example I use. Uh, that I was told when my daughter was about two or three years of age so if you want to have a conversation with your daughter and convince her to do something you need to kneel and be eye level, eye level. so when you're at an exhibition if you're sitting down and the client is, or potential client is standing up you're not on the same level for starters so you need to be open body language uh, you know standing up engaging eye contact all that kind of that's really important and if you're not prepared to do that you may as well go and throw your money off to the cliff it's yeah. wasting your money yeah. and the thing is in fairness to you I don't think there's a day goes by that you don't post some free content on on LinkedIn mm. and you give people um, how to yeah. or things to check yeah, yeah. and so what well, it, it it's very hard because there there can be so many what will be the top like if you were I'm about to take a stand at this big exhibition um, what will be the top 3 it's interesting you said that actually I developed a thing called the 346 principles of exhibiting that sounds very grandiose but 
Basically, Sounds pretty good. Sounds no, very just, snazzy. It's basically, if you add those numbers up, it's the number 13, and the number 13 is looking for someone and looking for others. But what it comes down to are three essential numbers for exhibiting. The first one is three. Um, it, when you're exhibiting on a show, you need to have three key objectives set. Not five, not 10, not 20, not one. Three key reasons why you're actually exhibiting. Now, that's not to say you won't achieve lots of other things, but you need to focus on three reasons why you're there. It could be sales, it could be finding new staff, or it could be um, getting market research for a new product. So three is a magical number, set three key objectives. Second one is four. You have four seconds to make an impression when at an exhibition. So when someone's walking down an aisle, you've got four seconds, they will decide if they're gonna stop in your stand. So with that, we need to be looking at the colors you use on your stand, the graphics, like for example, your graphics should be visible from 15 to 20 feet away. That's really important. Is color important? Color is massively important. It's probably of no surprise to a lot of marketing people that seven, I think it's seven out of the top 10 companies in the world have red in their logo. There's probably no surprise in that. Mm -hmm. So color is really important about brand message. So your, your four is, is your four seconds to make an impression. And the last number, which is really important, is six. And the six that's important here is you have six days to chase up every lead for an exhibition. Yes. 81% of leads from shows are never followed up because people get too busy. So six is a critical number. If you are in a lucky position where you can't chase every lead within six days, I always say to people, you need to email people within 24 hours, say, we'll be in touch on whatever day. So the three is, three set three key objectives. Four is four seconds to make an impression. And six, six days to chase all your leads. Do you know what I find amazing is that that's almost like just common sense. Mm. And Which Colin was calling. But yes, yeah, yeah. and the thing is, like, especially, I can understand, I mean, that's a great tip to say, like, what are the top objectives you've got here yeah. for, for doing this yeah, in yeah. the first place? Um, and then if they're all immediately blown out of the water by two guys sitting on stools who yeah, won't yeah. interact, why do you think that is, by the way? Is that a fear of, going back to the fear of selling, is that a fear of... The, you very often see this actually, it's an interesting one about people sitting down. You very often see this from a sales or from a team of people who, who don't own the business for starters. Right. Uh, they've been sent there, the boss is booked to stand, you're to head to the ODS at the NEC for the weekend and he's going to oh, chase the raft, I've got out with my missus or whatever. Um, and they go, oh, I don't want to be here, no one's monitoring me, so I'm just going to sit here texting my mates or reading the newspaper. And they don't really have an interest. Um, that's yeah, I, rem I remember going back a few years and I, I got talking to somebody on the stand and he said that um, the boss was going crazy because um, he was out at this exhibition for three days. That was three days lost. And I said, but if you make some sales at this thing, because obviously I would be yeah, yeah. thrilled. And he goes, yeah, but you know. And it was like they just immediately looked at uh, three days lost. Now, I think as we are in 2019 and going into 2020 and whatever, I think the value for money and yeah. when, when they do all of that kind of work, do we take this stand? Do we commit to this exhibition? When all of that is analyzed and the answer is yes, you would imagine then there's a, a, an element of saying, right, okay, in today's world with social media and so forth, Come see us at our stand. Yeah, yeah. Make sure we do, you know, and go at it. You need to be going at it. You really do. I posted on LinkedIn. It's a, it's a month or two ago. A kind of timeline of when, you, when, and what you should be posting. Um, like between the three months and the day of the show, and it got, got it got quite a bit of traction. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it's about what you actually do before. But just coming back to something you were saying there a minute ago about 
oh, being out of the office and it's real. Like I, I would always say to companies, if they say, oh, it's a lot of time out of the office, I go, okay, I'm gonna ask you a question. Let's say you weren't in the office. How many clients can you get in front of on those three days of the exhibition? Yes. And he goes, well, three or four appointments a day, three days, 12, maybe 15. Say, so you're gonna get in front of 15 people in the next three days. How many people are gonna get in front of an exhibition in three days? Oh, maybe 50 or 60. Yeah. It's the numbers out. You yeah. didn't spend the money on the on the exhibition to go. Oh well, I'm taking time off. Time off. You did it for a reason. Well, I think your top three in terms of the objectives, the four seconds, and uh, you know you can probably stretch it to five or six if you're yeah. if you're if you're cracking on. But the six days latest to follow up on a lead. It's a critical metric. Absolutely. I mean, I, I would. I I think I just dropped the keys of the office and walk out and hit the lights if I thought. You know, our guys were leaving it that it's long. It's funny, Tony. It's just—it's crazy. I did a—I did a—I did a, a, a training course for a visit Britain in Excel in London. There, uh, it was a couple of months ago, and there was eighty people, eighty companies. They're all destinations around the UK, and I threw out this statistic up on the big screen, and uh, I said, "What do you think about that?" So that's not us. That's, that's I don't. We always chase our leads and blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking around the room, eighty companies, and every one of them saying, "Oh, that's not me." So that's BS because it is you. It's yes. some of you. Yeah. And what? And I understand why people don't want to admit admit it's them, but it is them. So what I always say to companies is, and it's it's a bit of it's kind of point sky idea, but I said take the first day back as a show day. So always when you hit the office after the event, still the audience. Just keep it as a show day and focus on delegating the leads or doing whatever you need to do with the leads. Yeah. Because what what tends to happen is, and I get it completely, is. People will do an exhibition, they'll have loads of leads, they'll come back to the office, they'll be chasing up something that happened in production when they were away, or something fell off the wall, or whatever it might be, and they go, that's great, I'll chase the leads tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow becomes another tomorrow, becomes another tomorrow, becomes a week, becomes a month, then becomes, ah, listen, those leads weren't great anyway. Yeah, yeah. And why spend 10, 15, 20K to get leads that you're just gonna put on a shelf? I'll go, I'll chase them another time. But also, I think when somebody comes to your stand, Stephen, and they engage with you, and they're talking to you, and they're inquiring about mm. the product or the service, yeah. and you give them a brochure, you give them a card, you tell them, look, we'll be in contact, and we'll get that information for you, and we'll have that chat, and they go away. I mean, sales is a very emotional subject, and yeah. you're in that zone yeah. at that time. You want mm. information on that product. So... You don't let that kind of fizzle out. You 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 immediately respond, but also that shows from a company point of view we're reliable. I told you I was going to call you, and I and did. Then, and there's a reliability and a consistency. It's as simple as they expect you to ring them. Yes. They're like uh, yes. I don't get this logical. Oh, is there a good time to ring them, or should I ring them today, or whatever? They approach you at the exhibition. They express what you would call a genuine interest if you have a qualifying question to make sure that they really are interested. I want to buy this iPad, so let's talk about buying this iPad because yeah. you spoke to me two days ago. You were interested in our new range of whatever, and I'm ringing you back to talk or set up a meeting. Yes, like, yeah, it's a fairly straightforward process. Really, what you're saying is don't get bogged down in other details when you've got literally business potential at your doorstep that you're not addressing. Someone asked me the other day in, in the Entrepreneurs Academy, I said, uh, is it okay to ring them two days later? I said, I, I mean, is it okay? You should be ringing them. Yeah. That's, they, Latest. They, they walked on your stand to talk to you about X, Y, Z. Of course you ring them. If you don't ring them, they're gonna go, why didn't he ring me? And they just go somewhere else. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think you're spot on with that. I think, yeah, now, I know you're, you're India, UK, Europe, yeah. 
and lots of business in Ireland. And I, you're also a FETAC trainer. Yes, indeed. So is that the mentoring part or is that a different? Yeah, it's funny, actually. I, I, I did the FETAC. Uh, I looked at a load of different courses. And, and, and when, I, when, I, when I kind of set up the business originally, I called it Your Sales Coach. That's the limited company name, actually. And I had a mentor and he said to me, he said, you're mad. He said, do you want to just be a sales trainer? And there's no disrespect to sales trainer. You should be doing what, what, you've, what your real focus is and what you're passionate about at exhibitions. So I qualified as a trainer to try and get a bit of structure on that. Yeah. Because great salespeople and great sales managers don't necessarily make great trainers. Yes. And as I look at my training, I need to get better all the time. And I'm always critiquing myself. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. So the FETAC was a good way of putting a structure on that for me as to how to actually put together a training course. And it's funny, six months ago or eight months ago, uh, I was kind of, criticize myself and oh that's not great and I did a bad presentation every time I've done a presentation so far I'm getting more confident yeah and I'm, that's coming from the structure of FETAC to an extent uh, someone said why wouldn't I try qualify as a life coach because uh, that's not my bag I'm, no I'm, you know, no that doesn't float your no, boat no it doesn't float my boat no but the thing is it's amazing I, I just think it's amazing in the sense that um, you're constantly pushing yourself you're constantly looking at new things I seen you up on stage there was a video there recently you in the UK oh, uh, was yeah, it Haymarket yeah, or there yeah, was some revolution events yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, and you were up on stage and you had a whole body of people around and you were doing a master class on yeah, exhibition so 151 people it was great fun, you know, actually. it, it looked great. fantastic yeah. you must have been a nervous wreck now, funnily enough, actually, um, come on, be honest. Uh, I was when I started doing the Seven Step Exhibition Success Masterclass. I was absolute nervous wreck. Right, and I've done it so many times now in the last couple of months. I find it quite easy now. Yeah, because I really believe in these seven steps of exhibition success. And to me, as I explained to my good lady wife, I said, "You know what? It's as hard doing it in front of three people as 150." Yeah. So I just didn't even think about it. I got up and I was amongst some very good company. I got a standing ovation actually, which was really yeah, you're just showing off, man. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, just off. <laughs> but it's 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 really simple things. Yes, I'm a firm believer, as probably people will, will see from my LinkedIn posts. I'm not into all this complicated technical stuff because so I don't understand all the technical stuff. Well, half the time it's not needed, That's Stephen, I mean. isn't it? That's what I mean. I coach what real a real life situation. Yes. I've always said that about the exhibition guy and your sales coach. I'm not going to give you lots of theory. I'll give you plenty of statistics and relevant statistics, but I'm not going into all this theory. Selling is, to me, is straightforward. Yeah, It's getting in front of somebody and having a proper conversation, listening to them and trying to solve their problems. And that's what it is. So I don't believe in the complexity. No, and I think, to be honest, I think that's what's made you successful in this field because I think the reality of it is is that you've decided to cut through a lot of bullshit. Mm. You've come straight to, I mean, I've come across companies, I looked at a website recently that they were talking about their professionalism and their dealing with people. And at the end of it, I couldn't tell you what the company was. Yes. I didn't know what it was. And I, I searched, I deliberately yeah, yeah. took it on as a product. I still couldn't tell you, I didn't know what type of company, but yeah. you cut through so much of that and you make it very plain, understandable, logical, mm for people when they're looking and listening. And in fairness to you, you, you do a lot of free content online and LinkedIn in particular. Um, so there's a huge amount out there that people can pick up. But as we wrap up on this, yeah. Steve, what would you like people to take away from this with regards to sales and or sales and exhibitions? I think sales, it's, it's keep it simple. I mean, I think that's the thing. Yeah. Don't overcomplicate things. 
Sales is a very straightforward conversation. We all sell all day, every day, to our, whether it's our partner or clients or whatever. Just keep it simple. Just be honest with people. Yeah. And have a proper conversation. Don't go in with all loads of things in your head. Go in with three simple questions you want to find out about their business. Rock solid. Because I can guarantee you, when you get in, when you show your clients you're interested, he's going to be more interested in you. Yeah. So I think it's about being being just straightforward and real. When it comes to exhibitions, you know, just remember the three, four, six principles because they are really important, yeah. and that's what works. And last, and I would say to you, with regard to social media, because we have spoken about it as well, a really quick story. But I, I started posting, and, I'm sure, and you've definitely seen a few of them, um, flip charts. Yes. I have a flip chart in my office at home, and I. Scale off. I've written. I've done 147, 148. I'm at this stage over the last 12 months, and every single one of those has been really successful. Most of them getting five, six to seven thousand views, but they're all simple things. Some people don't like them, and you know what? I actually am complimented by that to an extent. But the whole point is, they're simple ideas and they're real ideas. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, I think that's fantastic, and I think to be honest, it, oh, is there a the exhibition guy? Is there a website? The oh, sorry, yeah, guy? yeah, there is, of course. Um, very complicated website. It's theexhibitionguy.com. <laughs> and if people wanted to go back over those previous links that you've done on LinkedIn, um, where you're showing a lot, can they get that there? Can they? Yeah, you can actually, because I've, I've developed a few hashtags that I use regularly, actually. One is hashtag theexhibitionguy, but the other one is hashtag exhibitionswork. If you put that into the LinkedIn search bar, it'll come up with and under content you'll see all literally every article and do connect with me on LinkedIn because like I love connecting with people and I love sharing content and I love helping people and yeah of course well, it's I want something back longer term we all do yeah but it's sad. obviously working you're dealing you're working with some very big names mm. and as you said where you're I, I think you actually just practice what you preach and that's showing in the success that you I doing. try to yeah, yeah and it's and it's working and yeah, I think simplicity Tony I mean it's yeah. you know you can know, people have a tendency to overcomplicate things and I was definitely guilty of that and I'm trying to keep things simple now and I overcomplicate my first business I'm making this one really straightforward idiot proof but that's what's working and that's the way it works yeah absolutely Stephen listen thanks so much for coming no out pleasure I always really. enjoy talking to you it's yeah. always fun talking no, thanks very much no props at all Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. Also, make sure to check out our links for upcoming CPD training and conferences in the descriptions below. Thanks again.